Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And this is our podcast where we cover business in the news with our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions that you've been gracious enough to send in to us at ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. By the way, that's probably the best intro I've done thus far. I was going to say, you got the email address correct? It's like 50-50 on that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't mention the episode number. I didn't want to take a chance of getting that wrong. Yeah. Well, we usually leave that for the end anyways. Oh, that's true. So we are ready to go, right? I'm interested in this first story because I just watched Hell's Kitchen, which is a show that's terrible now, but I just kept watching it. Now I just seem to watch it every season. It's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. (laughs) I got reeled in one season. I watched it. It's all right. It's nothing really of substance there, but it's interesting at times. No, there's not. It's probably one of the worst cooking shows, too, because if you're into cooking and so forth, it's like terrible cooks that don't really know what they're doing and kind of just putting it together as the season goes along. We'll get into the actual story we have here. And it's hard to tell from the TV show because he comes off as a pretty, I mean, it's called Hell's Kitchen. He comes off as pretty mean guy. Yeah, but if you watch his British version, he seems completely different. It seems like the American shows are, the producers make it so that it's geared towards an American audience, a little over the top and kind of aggressive and so forth. Yeah, exactly. So we don't know what his real personality is, but maybe this story kind of you know has a little bit of reveal here. So basically, it was Gordon Ramsay, and he had a business partner. We are talking about the story, so there's obviously a lawsuit involved, and it's a Basically, his business partner is now suing him for $10 million because essentially saying Ramsey kind of conned his way around their original deal through a couple tricks that he did, one being with the intellectual property, one being with, I guess that's more of the name situation, but I don't know if you had heard about this or you read about it at all. Um, some pretty interesting things that he looks like he's being accused of, at least. Yeah, so they started this uh, Rowan Seabill And Gordon Ramsay started this restaurant together called the Fat Cow, this L.A. eatery. And the problem was the Fat Cow was a restaurant named in Florida. And so therefore, this Florida restaurant was, of course, upset about the name. And so they filed a trademark infringement suit. And this Rowan Seabill basically is saying that Ramsay mishandled this lawsuit, even quoted him saying is that he's the uh, trademark queen. Which I don't know why you would say queen instead of king, but uh, that's another issue. But the point is, they ended up closing down the restaurant, and Siebel says that Ramsey used this trademark excuse to close the restaurant and create a new one without him. And of course, it's hard to know exactly what went on because Ramsey's team says that Siebel is the one that managed the restaurant. But at the same time, how do you create a restaurant name like the Fat Cow without first doing a trademark search. I mean, you know that, especially in this case where you have a restaurant that's going to have automatic national publicity, you may want to expand it into other locations. 
and you want to be able to use the name. And so the first thing you do before you actually solidify a name is make sure you do that trademark search. And it seems like that wasn't done here. You're exactly right, especially with the celebrity status of Gordon Ramsay and the Siebel guy invested 800000 That's a good chunk of money. You might want to do a little due diligence. I'm assuming he had maybe an, an attorney or at least somebody help him out with this, hopefully, which this actually will get into our question for today. But you know, you would think that someone would have looked that up at some point, but I guess that's not the case. Obviously, we've, this article is kind of putting Ramsey in the bad light, and maybe that's the way it is. But it's hard to say exactly still what went down between the two or what the deal was. Yeah, because you have this guy, the one suing. So, of course, his story is going to be in the press. And, of course, anyone who has a chance to attack Gordon Ramsay is, is probably going to get more press anyway. You know, it, it looks like Ramsay just wanted you know a lot of control in this restaurant. And that's why he did this. And it kind of makes sense if you've seen the show because he's obviously very controlling in there. But... As we discussed, who knows how realistic that is, and you might just be playing it up for TV. And basically, going on TV usually doesn't end well for someone's career. Not for their career, but there's always just negative things that are out there about them. So my advice to the listeners, don't start your own show. (laughs) I think all publicity is, like they say, is good publicity, but you just have to have a strong skin because you're going to be run through a lot of negative press and and so forth. And I've seen that in different permutations. One thing to note, just to mention it, is that Ramsey has been sued by other contractors and accountants who have basically say they've never been paid and some of the staff that's contended they've been paid less than minimum wage. So, you know, when there's smoke, there is usually fire in the, in the legal world, especially if it's coming from different sources. So we'll pay attention, see what's going on with this. If there's one lesson that we can get from this, when you're creating a name and branding yourself... Of course, when you do an entity and the name, you're going to do a search anyway. Otherwise, it's not going to be registered properly. But at the least, make sure that you're going to be able to own and actually use that trademark. Because once you develop that brand material and so forth, it's going to be much more difficult to change later. And it's not something you want to deal with down the line. So like I was saying, this kind of leads into our question for the day here. I can only afford to pay a CPA or an attorney. Which should I choose? This comes from a dentist in Fresno, California. That's a toughie. I think this is an easy answer. Oh, you do? Okay, well, I'll let you go first because I can I can argue both ways. So go ahead. Okay, my answer is uh, both. <laughs> okay. Or find an attorney that is a CPA because you're going to need both of these people. <laughs> I, I got some follow-up questions. One, first one being, has this person spoken to multiple CPAs and attorneys? Because do they know how much it's going to cost? Sounds like they're just kind of assuming, but any business is going to need both sides of this. I don't think I can even give an answer that's one or the other because I don't know which I would choose. I think it also depends upon what purpose and why you need them. So for example, to file your taxes, let's say that, well, what do you think? A dentist, let's say they're just starting out do they actually need a CPA or could they just find another tax preparer? What do you think? They could probably use it. I, I kind of group, well, I know not all tax preparers are CPAs. I kind of just group that together. But I think there's different costs though, because CPAs right. are going to be more expensive. Yeah. You bring up a good point though. Like what does he need the CPA for? He or she need the CPA for? So that could play into it. If it's for tax purposes, yeah, maybe they can just find a cheaper tax preparer. Because I think in a, for a dentist office, an attorney is going to be pretty important because you're going to have you know, one thing, all the people that are working there, that's going to be a big issue with the employment. And I'm assuming they want to set up some sort of entity like a corporation, an S-corp, for example. So there's definitely going to be thing, and they obviously need an office space. 
So there's definitely going to be things that an attorney is going to need to do. But at the same time, a CPA, yeah, because dentist's office have, are very equipment intensive. So there's going to be a lot of equipment that they're going to have. And if they buy it, they're going to need to depreciate that. And that's something that the average person or maybe even a lower level tax preparer might not know. So my answer is still both. I think that's a fair answer. And also, I, I was thinking, okay, well, there's no equivalent to downgrading a CPA for an attorney because you can't hire a paralegal, for example, to do legal work. And it's really hard for you to piecemeal together other things, even talking to other dental colleagues, because there's a lot of misinformation. Like, for example, a lot of people talk about how dentists should not incorporate because the advantages are no longer there anymore. And, and there's some issues to that. Like, for example, you're in California, this dentist is in California. Just like a lawyer, they can form a professional corporation, and that's not going to protect them from a malpractice lawsuit, for example. However, it's still going to protect you from other liabilities. What about your your lease? What about when you lease equipment or buy equipment or your employers and so forth? And these are some things that are actually going to protect you from personal liability. And also, of course, there might be some also uh, tax benefits as well, depending upon how big your business is. I would say get an attorney. I mean, obviously that's self-serving, but get an attorney. Make sure you're covered on that end because a mistake there is just atrocious. And then get a tax preparer that may be experienced in this area that is affordable. And when you can get a chance to get a CPA for your business, then do that. You can always amend tax returns if it's a little off, but just make sure that the person that is doing your taxes at least is minimally competent. I would agree with that. If you have legal problems and accounting problems, I think the legal problems are going to be much more difficult to fix and much more expensive to fix. So yeah. Looking at it that way, I'd probably go with attorney, but I'm still saying both. But if I had to lean a little bit one way, I'd, I'd lean that way. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's our episode for the day. Appreciate you guys for listening. This is episode number 31. And uh, thanks for listening. Oh, oh, I guess we already mentioned how to submit a question. <laughs> yeah. I give you so much accolades at the beginning and you, you know, forgot about it. I know. I just fumbled the close. <laughs> One of these days, we're going to try to get that perfect show, but it's still going to be a while. Not today, not episode 30. All right. But you can send in your question at ask at lilysoundsmartbusiness.com. And uh, thank you for joining us. And as always, keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.